0: Well, have you ever been to Hawaii? If you've been to Hawaii, don't be scared. Just go ahead and raise your hand. If you've been to, okay, several people in this service been to Hawaii. If you're watching on uh, the church online platform, just type in aloha in the chat box. If you've been to Hawaii before. I wish my hand was raised. I've never been to Hawaii before. It's on my bucket list to go to Hawaii. So I, I started with that question because today we're talking about jealousy, Just kidding, we're not talking about jealousy. Don't get nervous. Although I might need to ask God to forgive me of some jealousy based on all the hands that went up in in the the room today. Did did you know that sometime before 1000 A.D., uh, the beautiful islands of Hawaii, some of it pictured here in this picture, were first discovered by Polynesian explorers? Uh, They did not know that the islands of Hawaii existed, but they suspected they did based on the flight pattern of this bird here, the golden plover. Uh, Every year, this bird would migrate north out into open water, leading them to believe there had to be land out there. So so one day, they set sail from the Marquesas Islands, 2,500 miles away, in their hand-carved wooden boats headed towards what they believe to be islands out in the Pacific. To give you an idea of how long this journey is, here it is on a map. Uh, You got Hawaii there with the red dot, Marquesas Islands down there in the middle of nowhere. Even got little Cheyenne, Wyoming up there with the star on the map. There we are right there. Uh, To put this into more perspective, here it is on a globe. Check this out. That's a long, stinking way to travel in a a hand-carved wooden boat. No modern technology at all. These Polynesian explorers would would follow the birds, but they couldn't keep up, so they had to go back to the the island. Each year, they would pick back up where they left off and follow them uh, as far as they could. Year after year, they did this, getting farther into the Pacific Ocean, but never reaching Hawaii. They would track and record their progress, they would chart the stars, and then they would pass it on to the next generation until they finally reached Hawaii. According to the article I read that was based on a documentary that was done on this uh, subject, they said it took the Polynesians 400 years to finally reach Hawaii using that method that I described. It really is an incredible story of determination, and it, and it illustrates well what I want to talk to us about today as we continue the sermon series we started last week called Exiles. If you are new with us, uh, I do want to let you know who I am. My name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And whether you're here in person or joining us uh, on video somewhere, I'm so honored that you're choosing to engage with us today. And if you are joining us online, I want to encourage you to keep connecting with us uh, using this method. But if and when you are able to attend in person, I cannot express enough the value of gathering together God's people. There is something powerful and alive and really irreplaceable when God's people come together to worship Him, to look into His Word, and to connect together to prayer. So, whenever you're able to join us in person, you are invited uh, to come be with us. Last week, we we kicked off the series talking about. How we as Christians, being citizens of of heaven first, we are uh, exiles in a a foreign land. And we're talking about how we should live as exiles. Now, I I know that you might be with us and you're not a Christian. uh, and We love it that you're here. We will love you uh, whether you ever put your faith in Jesus here. And you came to a perfect, perfect sermon series because not only are you going to get a glimpse into what God expects from us as Christians and calls us to as Christians, but you're going to see some incredible stories of real life exiles who lived this out in scripture starting today in our main scripture Daniel chapter 1 verses 1 through 21 Daniel 1 1 through 21. We're going to be looking at lots of scripture today, both in Daniel and other places. So uh, if, you want to, if, you, if you don't own a Bible, you can follow along on the screens or you can download the free Bible app called YouVersion. And if you're here in person and don't own a Bible, we'll give you a hard copy with pages and everything uh, for free. Just ask for a Bible out at guest services. Before you go, we'll get you one free of charge. Daniel's in the Old Testament portion of the Bible. And when most of us hear the name Daniel... Just just say it out loud. What do we typically think of? If I say Daniel, we think of what? The lion's den. Yeah, see, even people who, who don't believe in God or are not familiar with the Bible, many people know of Daniel and the lion's den. But did you know that what Daniel is most known for, the lion's den, he didn't even do that until the end of his life? Daniel died in his 90s. He was in his 80s when he was thrown in the lion's den. Isn't that incredible? Like we so often picture or portray Daniel as this young, strapping, full of life, young man, but he was in his 80s when he lived out what many would call the most meaningful, most impactful parts of his life. Even some of his final visions from God and the writings of Daniel didn't happen till the tail end of his life. Like Daniel spent almost his entire life as an exile in the land of of Babylon. And here's the thing, he couldn't see the final destination when he started. He didn't know that he was going to receive visions from God, uh, write one of the most important books in all of the Bible, be a part of a story where he'd be rescued from a den of lions that would then inspire and teach people like us for the rest of history. He didn't know that. Like the Polynesians that we started the the sermon with, Daniel didn't know what the destination would be, but as an exile of God, he was determined to get there. He was determined. So here's the big idea for today. It's on the screens if you want to write it down. We will only reach God's desired destination when we live our lives with a godly determination. We'll only reach where our desire, God's desired destination, where He wants us to go, if we live our lives with a godly determination. Not just wanting to find some islands, but wanting to do what God wants us to do. So here's the big question I think we've got to ask today: How do we live with a godly determination? How do we live with a godly determination? Daniel 1. Starting in verse 1 says this During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it so a little background here God allowed this to happen after years of warnings through his prophets that if his people did not turn from their wicked ways and and come back to him he would uh, allow them to be taken as exile to a foreign land and even though God in his mercy and grace gave them warnings again and again and again they refused to listen So God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to raid and besiege Jerusalem. The temple of God was burned to the ground. The walls of the city were torn apart, and everything of value in the city was either taken or destroyed, and the people of God were taken away as exiles to a foreign land. Jumping to verse 3. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said, so basically men who look like me. <laughs> Don't laugh too hard. You make me feel bad. I'm a preacher. I couldn't pass up that joke. That was like a softball right there, like knock it out of the park. Make sure... They are, all, they, are, they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon." The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. Hear these young men Were. Teenagers, young people in the room, check this out. Most scholars believe they were as young as 13 or 14 years old. So, young people in the room, don't ever think that God doesn't have a plan for you yet. Because Daniel was probably a teenager when this happened. They were uprooted from their homeland, separated from their family, exiled. To Babylon and thrust into the service of a pagan king in a pagan culture, asked to eat pagan food. And then verse 8, but Daniel was what? Say it out loud. Determined. Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now, on the surface, it may not sound like a big deal, right? I mean, what's a little Babylonian buffet, right? Not a big deal. Buffets might be a thing of the past for us, but in that day, like, you could still go to the, to the buffet, but, but this was more than just a, a Babylonian buffet, The king was offering the best food and drink in all the land, but not only did much of the king's food and drink violate the laws of Israel as expressed in the Torah, the law of God, but most, if not all of this food, would have been offered up uh, to idols in idol worship before it was presented to the people, which made it unacceptable for, for a Jewish person to consume. So Daniel, as an exile was determined not to defile himself, he knew, he knew that we're, we're only going to reach God's desired destination if we live with a godly determination. So how do we live with a godly determination? We, we see it right here in the story of Daniel. Number one is this, be determined to live in purity. Be determined to live in purity. Purity. Like this is the way of an exile of God. To, to stand out, to be different from the world that is around us. To be determined to live in purity, not defiling ourselves by the ways of, of the world, but being devoted to the ways of God as expressed in the word of God. Uh, the apostle Peter one of the 12 disciples of Jesus in his letter 1 Peter that we started with last week 1 Peter 2 verse 11 we actually have some new uh, swag some exile swag made up that has 1 Peter 2:11 on it because i think this is the theme verse of being an exile for god 1 Peter 2:11 these these shirts are available out in the store if you if you want one i think they're uh, they're awesome it says this peter says this dear friends I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, literally could be translated exiles, I warn you as exiles, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Wow. Then Psalm 119, 112, literally almost says our point here. I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. And this is what Daniel did. One of the reasons that that God was able to use Daniel at the end of his life in the lion's den is because for all of his life, he was determined to keep God's decrees to the very end. That was good right there. I can't repeat it probably, but that was really, really good. Daniel's worldview was shaped by the word of God. His his decision-making filter was based on God's Word. So what's your worldview shaped by? What is your decision-making filter? Sadly, for many people, even Christian people, their worldview is not shaped by the Word of God. And it's showing in our country. It's showing. 62% of Americans said, that they considered themselves deeply spiritual people. But when asked how this deep spirituality affected their decision making, almost a third, 31% said, I make my moral choices based on what feels right and comfortable. Another 18% said, I make my moral choices based on whatever is best for me. Another 14% said, I make moral choices based on whatever causes the least conflict with others. Hello. And only 16% of deeply spiritual people said, I make my moral choices based on what God's word says. Help us, Lord. Like, this is what Daniel did. Basing his decisions on the word of God. And it's what I want for all of us. That we would be determined to live in purity. Making our moral decisions based on the word of God. It's the only way. We will reach the destination God desires for us to reach. It's the only way, adults in the room, that we will leave a path for the next generation like the Polynesians did on the way to Hawaii. It's living out the way of God as expressed in the word of God, no matter how uncomfortable it is, what feels right to me in the moment, and no matter how much conflict it creates. Listen, I'd rather be in conflict with people but connected to God than connected to people but in conflict with God. That was good preaching. And if we want to experience all that God has for us, we have to be willing to do all that God asks of us. All that he asks of us. We only do that with a godly determination. So how do we live with a godly determination? Be determined to live in purity, devoted to the word of God. Devoted. Then in verses 9 through 16, the story continues. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. And I, I want to take more time here to talk about this, but I just don't. I just want to make a side note here, though. Yes, God gave the chief Respect and admiration, affection for Daniel. But notice, Daniel didn't ruin that by being a jerk. I'm going to let that sit there for a little bit. Because some of us Christians can learn from Daniel here. That we don't have to be rude to actually stand up for God. Verse 10. But he responded... I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded." Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us. Notice the respect. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So, after that... The attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. Now, don't worry. I'm not saying that we should all be vegetarians, okay? You know, don't don't be too, I think, eat all the meat you want. If you're a vegetarian, praise God for you, more meat for the rest of us. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing I see from this story. Number two, be determined to persevere. Be determined to persevere. I... I've, I don't know how I've not ever noticed this before. I've never noticed this before, but in starting for this sermon, I, for the very first, maybe it's just uh, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I don't know, but in Christianity, this is kind of funny to me. We we typically only focus on the ten days of this special diet, as only Christians can do. We've even built a spiritual discipline around it called what. The Daniel fast, many of you are familiar with that. I've done it, not against it. If you want to do a Daniel fast, by all means do it. I, I think they're actually fantastic. But notice, they didn't stop eating this way after 10 days. It's not like they were like, man, that was awesome, worked great, now where's the buffet? No, they, 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 were, they were not just determined to live in purity for 10 days. They were determined to persevere in their per- per- purity. To, to not slip into the ways of the world around them. It's again what First Peter says, Peter says in 1 Peter 1:14 1, and 15, speaking to God's people as exiles, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now. As Christians, you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Like, these young men were determined, man. They were determined. They were determined to live in purity and determined to persevere in that purity, no matter what came their way. To, To continue, no matter how long it took, and no matter what happened to them, including being thrown into a fiery furnace, which next week we're looking at that story. It's, it is by far my favorite story in all the Bible. I, I have preached on that story more than any other passage of Scripture in, in my 20-some years of ministry. I can't wait for next I love that story. They, they were willing to be thrown into a furnace, and they were willing to be thrown into a lion's den to preserve their purity. In two weeks, we're looking at the lion's den story. Oddly enough, I don't think I've ever preached a sermon on the lion's den. Super excited about that one as well. So they persevered. And what was the result? Verses 17 through 21. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. Would God have given them that if they didn't pursue purity? I don't know. But it sure seems like to me, because they were determined to live in purity and persevere, God gave them this aptitude, and God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. As God's people, they were employees to Babylon. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. That Daniel was so respected... So admired, so looked up to in this pagan kingdom that as a man of God who lived out the ways of God, he was so respected even by these pagan kings that he served in the Babylonian kingdom for about 70 years under four different kings, ending with King Cyrus, who is the distant relative of Billy Ray and Miley. It was bad, my wife said, but you laughed. <laughs> I think he was the first guy to have a mullet. <laughs> I have more, but let's go. We will only reach God's desired destination when we live our lives with a godly determination. So how do we live with a godly determination? We've got to be determined to live in purity. Determined to persevere. Number three, be determined to live with purpose. Live with purpose. And what is the purpose of an exile? To, to use our special gifts and abilities to serve God's kingdom? Absolutely. To live in purity? 100%. To, to persevere? Better believe it. But also, as Christians you ready for this? I don't know if some of you are. We should also work for the peace and prosperity of whatever land we live in. And I know somebody's thinking, wait a minute, are you telling me that if Trump gets reelected, we are to work for the peace and prosperity of the country he leads? Or if Biden gets elected, we're to work for the peace and prosperity of the country he leads. Or what about that country? Think of whatever one you can think of. What about Babylon? Work for the peace and prosperity of Babylon? Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7, God through the prophet Jeremiah says this to his people, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have grandchildren. Multiply. Which, by the way, spiritually speaking, what a great commandment to the church. Multiply. Do not dwindle away, and look at this, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Literally pray that Babylon would have peace and prosperity for its welfare determines your welfare. And I think that still holds true for us as exiles in a foreign land. And what did Daniel do? He did that his entire life, never once getting to go back to Jerusalem, but living out his purpose in Babylon every day. And why do we even know about Daniel? Well, why do we know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Why do we know about Esther, Nehemiah, Ezra, and other exiles that we won't even look at in this series? Why do we know about them? Because they lived with determination all the way to the end. Did they want to go back to Jerusalem, their homeland? Yes, they did. Some of them got to but but ultimately they weren't determined to go back to Jerusalem they were determined to live as if they were already there and listen church America is not Jerusalem in our story America is Babylon in our story heaven the kingdom of God is our Jerusalem. So, so like Daniel and these exiles, as Christians, instead of just trying to get to heaven, we need to live as if we're already there, bringing the kingdom of God to earth determined to live in purity determined to persevere and determined to live with a purpose that makes our babylon an even better place because god's people live there it's actually living out our vision as a church this blew me away we see our vision in this story we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships and make a lasting impact. Let me break that down for you, life to the full, that the way of Jesus is not just the way to eternal life, it is the way to a better life. Notice in the story, when these exiles lived as God wanted them to, the other people saw it was actually better, it was better to follow God's way. They just look better. Connect into meaningful relationships. How did they they live with such determination? They lived it together. Church, we need community. You need community, that you'll never live out a determined life if you try and do it all by yourself. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be in a small group here at Element Church. I I think you should be. I think we have great small groups. We're pushing them right now. Like, we have some available. We're trying to ramp them back up, and we have less than we did before because we understand not everybody can have a group and host group and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to sign up for one, go out to the lobby, go to the website. It would be awesome. You don't have to be at a small group at Element Church, but you need a smaller group of Christians that you are doing life with not just every once in a while, asking them how they're doing, saying I'm praying for you, but then you forget because you got on social media and we're scrolling through Facebook and got mad at somebody something said. It's not that, it's, no, it's, it's actually living, doing life with a group of people that you are caring for one another's needs. You're carrying one another's burdens. You're sharing some of the, the deep parts of your life and you're helping one another live this out. We need it. And lasting impact, these exiles, they were the most respected people in all the kingdom and they lived in a completely opposite way. Again, Daniel served under four consecutive kings on more than one occasion in the book of Daniel. We won't see it in the series, but we see these kings turn their hearts to God based on the way these exiles lived. Like they changed the world. We're still talking about it today. They lived in such a way that the kingdom of heaven was lived out on the earth. That's what exiles do. That's what exiles do. So so where is God pressing in on you? If you're a Christian, what's the Holy Spirit saying? Have you... Have you kind of wandered away from a biblical worldview? (laughs) It's time to be devoted to purity, determined to live in purity. Are you looking at the long game and thinking, man, I'm not sure I can persevere? Have you lost sight of your purpose? Not just your unique purpose, but your general calling as a Christian to bring God's kingdom to earth by the way you live? Just if you're a Christian in the room, I just want you to just pause for a second and ask, God, Holy Spirit, where, where are you speaking to me? What do you want from me? I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you're here in the room and you're a believer and the Holy Spirit is pressing in specifically on something from this, Message this story, this text, and you just want to acknowledge that, I want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Say, yep, God's pressing in on me. Hands going up all over. He's pressing in on me, pressing in on me. You can put your hands down. Father in heaven, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. Lord, hands went up. Holy Spirit, you're speaking. I have no idea how you're speaking. But Lord, I pray in the name of of Jesus for myself, for every Christian in this room, that we would be determined to live in purity, that we'd have a worldview shaped by the word of God. Lord, that we'd persevere, no matter what comes our way, no matter how long it takes, may we be determined to live out that purity all the way to the end. And God, I pray that we'd live in purpose. Live with purpose. Bringing your kingdom to earth that we would work for the peace and prosperity of this place where we live, that we pray to you for it, because its welfare determines our welfare. Lord, may your kingdom come through us. In Jesus' name, amen. But you see, this is powerful. The kingdom of God is not a place you go it's a person you receive. It's a spirit that lives in you. And it only lives in us by faith. Faith in Jesus, he's the person. Without Jesus, we are dead. Not physically dead, but spiritually dead. Our sin causes that. All of us have sinned, so all of us have died spiritually. And without God bringing us back to life, this kingdom can't live in and through us. In fact, if our sin goes undealt with, we will be eternally separated from God and we will never experience God's kingdom. Not today, not ever. That's sobering. But God had an answer. He sent Jesus, God in the flesh, came as one of us, died because of us, three days later rose victorious so that any one of us by faith in him could be forgiven of our sins, given a new life today, power to live our lives for him every day, and then one day, one, one day, we'll spend forever, eternity, with our King, Jesus. Are you prepared for that? If you're not, I want you to be, and it starts with you putting your faith in Jesus, starts there. So if you've never put your faith in Jesus to forgive you of your sins, I want to lead you in a prayer right now to do that. Uh, This prayer doesn't save you, Jesus does but you're expressing your faith in Jesus. So if you just wanna say this prayer silently in your heart to God, Father, I believe in Jesus. Jesus, you are God, died in my place, rose again, so I profess my faith in you. I confess all my sins to you, everything I've done. Would you please forgive me? I don't know how you can do it, but I believe you can, so forgive me. I repent from my old sinful life, I'm gonna turn And by the power of your spirit, walk in a new life. I receive from you salvation. Would you, Jesus, live in me, reign on the throne of my heart. Thanks for loving me. I'll do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today in the room or watching on video somewhere and you just prayed that prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, I am so, so proud of you and happy for you. You're a part of the family. We want to welcome you to the family. So many of us have made that decision as well. The best way for you to do that is to text the word one to the number that's on your screen there. If you're watching online or if you're here in the room, text the word one to the number on the screen, 41400. We want to welcome you, celebrate with you, and offer you some free resources that we have created to get you taking your next steps in following Jesus. The journey only begins here. Now the life begins, and we want to walk with you in that. I would also encourage you to tell somebody in person. Find a a friend, a family member, a loved one that knows Jesus, and tell them. I promise you, they'll be so excited that you put your faith In Jesus. If you need prayer today for something, uh, our prayer team is in the back of the room and they will stay as long as needed to pray for whatever needs that you have. Uh, Next week, we're looking at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By far, my favorite story in all scripture. If you want to read ahead, read Daniel chapter 3 and you'll read the entire story. I love you guys so much. I want us to live with determination. So let's be determined to live the way God wants us to and we'll end up where.